Of Ohio's many blessings, quite a few fall under the theme of natural resources. Forests and open spaces, lakes, rivers, streams, clean air, abundant wildlife. It's Jim Zeringer's job to assure that Ohioans get to enjoy those natural amenities, while at the same time enjoy the benefits of a thriving economy. Today, the director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, Jim Zeringer, joins Ohio Farm Bureau's Jack Fisher to talk energy, water, wildlife, recreation, and more on Town Hall, Ohio. This is Town Hall, Ohio, home to interesting people, engaging issues, and enlightening stories. Town Hall, Ohio is a production of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation, working to forge a partnership between farmers and consumers, and is supported by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Now, here's Town Hall, Ohio host, Joe Corneli. From fishing to fracking, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources is charged with taking care of Ohio's great outdoors. Heading that agency is Mr. Jim Zeringer. Jim's been a farmer, a businessman, a county commissioner, a state representative, and to my knowledge is the only person to have served as both the director of the Ohio Department of Agriculture and now the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. Director Zeringer, welcome back to Town Hall, Ohio. Uh, Joe, it's 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 good to be here, and actually I'm the second um, director of, that has served both purposes. Uh, I believe A.W. Marion I'm pretty sure. Who's oh, I from, forgot A.W. He's from Mercer <laughs> County. Actually, he's from Rockford, and uh, he served as the uh, D- D- Director of Agriculture and ODNR. That I'll, dub- I'll double check quite on quite a that. while ago. It, it has been quite, I think, in the 40s. Uh, but, yeah. uh, well, Jack Fisher back, uh, our Executive Vice President. Welcome back to you. And and uh, we were chatting beforehand. Director Zeringer many times been a guest on our show in a lot of capacities. Yes, he has. Well, uh, public service has been a big part of his life. And so uh, we work with county commissioners. We work with legislators. We work with agency directors. And uh, so we're thankful that he continues to work with us in all those capacities. So, Director, well, welcome. Good to see you. Thank you, Jack. And it's good to be back. I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but you're in the news a lot these days because there's water issues and energy issues, and we're going to cover all of them. But to get us started, introduce folks to the agency that you oversee. What's what's the purpose, the mission of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources? Well, uh, Joe, you hit it in, in the intro saying that Ohio has an abundance of natural resources, and we certainly do. We have an abundance of water, coal, salt, uh, wildlife. And just so there's many, many things that we oversee and uh, gas, natural gas and a lot of public lands. So uh, we have a a mission that says uh, we want to ensure a balance between a wise use of all of our natural resources for the protection of all and the benefit of all. So that's our mission. But like you said, Ohio's just blessed with a lot of natural resources. And director, uh, there's a lot of uh, issues to talk about in there, but I think pretty quick here, one that's uh, of interest to a lot of Ohioans and particularly the farm community, I, I think November 30th is a big day for deer hunting season to start. <laughs> so uh, how do you get involved with deer hunting? Well, I, actually, uh, there's a lot of things going on in our Division of Wildlife. And uh, the deer harvest so far, I believe it's in the 60,000s right now uh, with our archery uh, being in season right now, along with uh, uh, pheasant and, and turkey and a lot of things that are in season. But um, November 30th is the traditional gun season, and that's what a lot of people look forward to. But the big news in our Division of Wildlife right now is we just named a new chief. And Scott Zody has been a, a chief for the four years that I've been here so far. 
and uh, he has done a great job, but he's moved on. And so we just announced uh, actually Monday of this week that Ray Petering is uh, going to be our new chief. And Ray has uh, been with uh, ODNR in the Division of Wildlife for over 30 years. He retired back in 2011, but he came from our fisheries division. And so he knows and understands all of uh, our fishing challenges that we have and, and the things that we need to uh, improve on. But he also uh, knows and understands the Division of Wildlife. So one of the things we manage is obviously the deer population, and that's very important for Ohio farmers. You'll find some that say there's not enough, and then quite a few that say they need to be better managed. And that's going to be one of Ray's uh, charges is to make sure that uh, we have a, a well-managed deer management population. And it's certainly a position that uh, the farm community, in fact, uh, all Ohioans uh, work with now when, can, when we talk about deer population uh, and the opportunity for deer hunting and all that. But uh, our deer are part of a lot of other issues, uh, a few car accidents, uh we're concerned about uh, crop loss and damage, and particularly with our uh, horticultural industry. And so uh, working with the new chief is something uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to. And it, it's a very important position in terms of your agency and what goes on for all Ohioans. It is, Jack. And you mentioned a lot of things that are a concern to a lot of people. And certainly the loss of crop land, or crops themselves and and accidents. And so uh, one of the things that we really uh, addressed, I believe, a year or two ago is looking at nuisance permits and working with farmers that are are seeing something that needs to be dealt with, uh, maybe out of season, that they can at least come and talk to us and help manage the herd a a little better. And I would share with you, loss of crops includes my tomatoes and my (laughs) hosta and some of my flowers. And Judy's not happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the boss is really saying. (laughs) Jim, as we we talk uh, uh, about that mission of of the Department of Natural Resources, you go on your website, and I, I fully expected to see that we we want to take we want to manage the wildlife population. I fully expect to see that we want to take care of of water, um, but I also see on there this this commitment to economic development. Now, help me and our listeners understand finding that balance between protecting a resource, but also utilizing these resources. Yeah, well, Joe, uh, this was a good week for us because we, economic development is one of those things that uh, can be improved just by getting people more outdoors and, and getting them uh, in our state parks and in our on our trails. And I handed out uh, yesterday or uh, one day this week some a little over a million dollars around the Cuyahoga County area, seven different communities that applied for Nature Works grants, Clean Ohio grants, Recreational Trail grants. These are all grants that help communities improve trail system and outdoor activities. And anytime you can do that, you have people that are looking to move into communities and grow in communities. Uh, they look at the opportunities they have outdoors, and that's that's one of the reasons that it's been a vital part of the economic growth and then, you know, everything from forest management to uh, uh, having places to fish and hunt and, and uh, kayak and paddleboard, these are all drivers in the economic uh, engine. Jim Zeringer is the director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. He's in the studio with Ohio Farm Bureau's Executive Vice President, Jack Fisher. 
Uh, I, I, I mentioned, uh, not jokingly, that you're in the news a lot these days. <laughs> and uh, let's let's begin to talk about some of those specifics that are going on uh, in Ohio that, that ODNR has, uh, has a role in. The development of energy in eastern Ohio, uh, oil and, and gas in particular, has been uh, one of the more... Uh, I don't know that I've seen anything that's is, is, is such a great story and such a troublesome story all <laughs> at the same time. Uh, tell us what ODNR's role is in eastern Ohio where we're drilling for oil and gas. Well, uh, I'll tell you <clears throat> right off the bat that uh, I filled up this morning, by the way, for $1.74. And, and the reason gas prices are so low right now are, has to do with a lot of things. And, and ethanol production and alternative fuels certainly weigh into it. But what goes on in eastern Ohio and in West Virginia and Pennsylvania and in Oklahoma and North Dakota and Texas and Colorado, there's there's a, a thing called shale. And uh, we're blessed to have it cover um, about a third of the eastern part of the state of Ohio. And this development of this shale uh, is producing gas and oil in, in numbers that we haven't seen for a long time. A lot of people don't realize Ohio was the leader in the world. In, in oil production in the late 1800s. So this isn't anything new for us, but this kind of development is. And we're seeing a, uh, right now it's it's slowed down a little bit because it's not as profitable because of the low energy prices, low oil prices. But the governor has said he wants this to be developed, oil and gas to be developed safely in Ohio. He's all for it, but not at the expense of the environment or the citizens of Ohio. So we're taking this very seriously. When we got here four years ago, five years ago, we had 35 people in our oil and gas division. We have 135 people as we speak. And what, so, what are they doing? What what, st- what exactly are they doing on the ground that's, that's protecting the environment? The, uh, they're inspectors and they're geologists, and they live in the area uh, of Carroll County and Belmont County, Harrison County, where we have a lot of this development going on. And they're there to oversee from day one, from once the permit and the pad is built, the actual drilling of the well, the fracking of the well, and the uh, the production of the well. They're there right on top. They can be there if there are any issues. They oversee the cement, the casings, and everything, every step of the way. So we're very, very proud of that. And we've had some induced seismicity. And Ohio's the leader in the nation on, on registering and watching. We're requiring areas that have any kind of... Uh, seismic activity to have a, a seismic array around the well. And what people used to think that maybe something's one or two on the Richter scale, we, we measure below the Richter scale. And if, uh, Jack, if we had wanted to shoe this weekend, we could measure earthquakes because we have such sensitive equipment. And uh, this is something that we're going to uh, address and we're gonna make sure things are safe. But uh, we're, we're really excited about the direction and they are inspectors and our geologists and our people that give these permits the direction that this is uh, the division is being led in. Induced seismicity. I had I hadn't heard that term yeah, before, well, but uh, uh, the translation is injection wells causing earthquakes. That's the oversimplification. It, it it's determined that that is indeed the case. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Well, injection wells, yes, but uh, it, because of pressure and, and uh, not so much that, but even uh, when you uh, when you frack, that's a that's an action, and when you have an action, you have a reaction. And uh, even though it's two miles down and with sensitive equipment, uh, our goal is to make sure it's done correctly and and that we don't have 4.0 earthquakes. So uh, we're not going to have that. So 
we have a lot of stakeholders who come to our state to develop a, an industry and working uh, in our case we have a lot of interest uh, in, in informing and working with our property owners and uh, our community leaders in addition to the inspection part what happens when a company wants to be engaged economically in our state uh, what do they go through how, how does this all happen in how do your inspectors engage with them initially? Well, there there's a lot of forms and paperwork that has to be filled out if you want to be in the oil and gas industry. And again, there's a conventional oil and gas industry, Jack, that has, I believe we have somewhere above 50,000 wells that are in the state of Ohio that are still producing. They're the old style, the conventional, where you go straight down uh, maybe a thousand feet or several hundred and it's, it's still a vital part of our oil and gas industry. But if you want to come and be a part of the horizontal, these, these, are, these are companies that know how to do it in other states, and, and they're well, very well regulated. And I ask the question because that's the thing I get from most, you know, who are these people? And we say that our regulatory system is, we think, above average, doing very well. What does that mean? Well, uh, so. that, that means that we're trying to make sure that uh, – that everything is done safely for the environment and for the citizens. Jim Zeringer would be happy if that were the only natural resource issue he had to deal with, but we've had a few challenges at the other side of the state, specifically with Lake Erie and other waterways around Ohio. We're going to talk about water quality with ODNR Director Jim Zeringer when we continue on Town Hall Ohio. Gotta turn this world around Plant new seeds in the ground. Gotta give it all we'll work for planet Earth. This is our declaration of a whole new family. A conservation nation starts with you and me. A conservation nation. A conservation nation. With us this week on Town Hall, Ohio, Jim Zeringer, chief... uh, not chief, but director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, Jack Fisher, executive vice president of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation. Uh, Director, real quick, as we wrap up our discussion of fracking, uh, uh, it's not just you saying we're doing well. The U.S. EPA has kind of keeps tabs on our ability to to regulate some of the the fracking activities. Well, part of the fracking activity, Joe, is is handling uh, the waste. And Ohio has a thing called Class II injection wells, and that means that we take this waste and actually inject it back down to where it was. So we're taking the brine and some of the some of the water that is used in fracking and put it right back down where it came from. And Ohio is one of the few states that has primacy. That means the U.S. EPA, who controls this, has told us, you guys do it pretty good. And we're going to inspect you and we're going to audit you to make sure you're doing it pretty good. And so we've been doing it since the mid-80s. And we recently were inspected by the U.S. EPA and they told us we have a very, very good program. And we're even doing things like ins- our inspection rate is more than what the U.S. EPA acquire- requires. So uh, we're very proud of our injection well program. We have about 188. But just to give you an example, I think Oklahoma has 10,000. So uh, a, there's a lot of injection wells in a lot of states. We have 188 Class II injection. We also have been heavily engaged, Jack, in the Ohio Farm Bureau in uh, a water quality uh, initiative. Uh, 
We all know that we have harmful algal blooms that have developed uh, on Lake Erie, uh, Grand Lake St. Mary's, other watersheds, uh, in other watersheds. Uh, as, as you assess where we are in this, this evolution of, of making agriculture uh, a, a, an even more positive contributor to water quality, where do we stand? How, how are we doing out on Ohio's farms? Well, I think, uh, first of all, we should take pride in the fact that uh, recently there's been more activity, but protection of our natural resources, and in this case talking about water, uh, the state of Ohio, the the director's agency, the Department of Agriculture, and particularly our Division of Soil and Water, we've been engaged in water management and resource management for a long time, and we did a lot of good things. But it did take a event in Toledo when the folks could not drink the water for a couple of days to uh, renew, renew our vigor to do better. And I think that's happening. And uh, I'm proud, most of all, of the collaboration between all units of government uh, led by the director's uh, agency and the Kasich administration. Uh, Ohioans take it seriously that we have a great resource in Lake Erie and water in general. So I feel good about it, but now there is lots of work to do, and I think with the director's leadership and the collaboration that I see in the state, we're going to get there and solve some more of these problems. Well, uh, Jack, you you hit the nail on the head on a lot. It takes cooperation between a lot of agencies, and we have a governor that's committed to this also uh, since in the five years he's been there, he has, and and the General Assembly has put over a billion dollars worth of uh of uh, money into issues like wastewater treatment plants, home septic systems, uh, and then of course in our ag community. So we're, and, and even even looking at things like dredge material, where that goes. So uh, Lake Erie uh, was a wake up call. And uh, I believe uh, the Senate, making Senate Bill 1 their top priority bill last year uh, was a big asset. But I, I believe using the uh, expertise that we have in the state and making this a not only multi-state issue, but also with Canada involved, looking at a 40% reduction, which they all have signed on to, uh, we're going to make a progress. In the Western Basin, we're asking farmers not to haul on frozen ground. I think that makes sense. We're also asking them to uh, make sure it's not raining before they haul manure or spread fertilizer, or at least if you are, make sure you work it in and make sure you don't haul on saturated soils. These are all things that uh, are common sense, they're best management practices, and if there are circumstances uh, on on medium and small farms, you got to remember a lot of the large farms already have their regulations in place and the storage, but some of them don't. So there are exceptions that they can apply for and given a little extra time if they need it. Uh, we certainly don't want to be a hardship on them, but we certainly have to keep the nutrients out of our streams. And this includes wastewater treatment plants and home septic systems. That's right. And uh, in addition, uh, we try to do this the most uh, cost-effective way, the most efficiently we can for all Ohioans. The first of the year, we're com- consolidating a part of the programming that was in your agency and moving it to the Department of Agriculture for uh, efficiency and better service to all Ohioans and particularly farmers. Uh, Absolutely. And the governor's been pretty adamant that uh, we don't duplicate services here in Ohio. And uh, we did have some duplication with 
large and small farms, fertilizer in one agency, manure in another agency, and just moving that to one agency just seemed to make sense. And we hope to continue this great work with our local soil and water conservation districts, and we hope this will be a seamless transition at the end of the year. Jim Zeringer is the director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. Jack Fisher, executive vice president of the Ohio Farm Bureau. When we return on Town Hall, Ohio, there's another uh, body of water that, at least in central Ohio, has gotten uh, an extreme amount of attention. And we're going to uh, ask the director about how things are going to bring Buckeye Lake back into its uh, its uh, rightful place as a great place for recreation in central Ohio. We'll be back with Director Zeringer when we continue right after this. So as often as the earth spins round, we should take care of its ground. Whether in the country or in some town, we need to keep it safe and sound. Welcome back to Town Hall, Ohio. Jim Zeringer's job is to keep our natural resources uh, in optimal condition for all Ohioans to enjoy. He's the director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. Farm Bureau's Jack Fisher in the room, too. We uh, mentioned we're going to visit about Buckeye Lake, but to wrap up on the uh, Lake Erie situation, Director Zeringer, we, uh, we we hear that farmers are doing all these things. We hear that government's doing all these things, and yet we have we uh, just got a report here a few weeks ago that the bloom of 2015 on, on Lake Erie was the largest ever. So help us connect what's being done with the fact that the bloom hasn't gone away yet. Yeah, well, it, it was a difficult year, Joe, and uh, th- this is part of the head scratcher that we have in agriculture when you when you try to do the best you have and then you have record amounts of rainfall. Um, record amounts of rainfall means a lot of surface, subsurface drainage, a lot of water coming in, a lot of combined sewer overflows that don't work well or aren't designed yet. And so there's just a lot of things that go that go into it. Now, the good thing about the largest bloom ever, and I don't know if that's accurate, but I, I did read the same thing, because uh, I don't know how long we've been actually measuring blooms, and I know that NASA is actually helping us doing it now, but it's they haven't been doing it for that long. The good news is we didn't have any water drinking, and there are quite a few communities that pull water out of Lake Erie. And, and so the year that we had the Toledo problem, we actually had a pretty small bloom, but it settled right above the intake of the Toledo water system. So no matter what the size of the bloom, we're going to continue to work on this situation. But there are some things like 17 inches of rainfall in a couple days that are going to make it very challenging, no matter what we're doing, to try to keep the blooms uh, from appearing in Lake Erie. Jack, I know farmers get frustrated. It's just what the director said. I mean, there's all this talk about cutting the phosphorus off at the source. And that's what we're working on, finding ways to to do what the director just said. But we also need to, there, there's a reason why on a, on a big bloom, uh, Toledo didn't have a problem. They, they, they've stepped up their game in Toledo in terms of monitoring and, and treating water. And uh, that uh, that need to take care of those things at the tap end is is equally important as taking care of it at the source. Absolutely. And the director described one big difficult situation, and that's the weather. And uh, excessive rainfall, particularly in a short period of time, is something we've got to figure out more ways to deal with. But the good part here is as as we work together, we're still moving towards policy that will promote water quality and food production. And if we can do that and do it successfully, all of Ohio will benefit. 
not as big, but probably as nationally prominent for a while, was Grand Lake St. Mary's. That's up in your home neck of the woods, Jim, and uh, you were up there recently, and some successes to be seen. You know, uh, Joe, we had a good year at Grand Lake St. Mary's this year. Uh, We did have uh, an incident where we had to post it because there was a probable cause of a rash from somebody in the water, and and we had to take steps. I mean, it's written in our in our policy that we do that, but we didn't have a bloom, and uh, we have microcystin levels that are higher than normal. But we need to continue to work up there. The farmers up there all have uh, nutrient management plans which they follow, um, and they they follow some pretty strict uh, guidelines up there, and and uh, like not hauling manure at all from November to the first of April. So. We uh, and they have the construction, uh, the the structures now to hold it over over time, and they also do a lot of soil testing, and that's the one thing that I hope a lot of farmers take away that soil testing is the key to all this. And if you don't need any phosphorus or less nitrogen, it, that's the best way to t- and the cheapest way to tell. Jim Zaring, director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, uh, in with Jack Fisher of Farm Bureau. Let's uh, let's move to Central Ohio and. And at least before we get into the break, uh, set the stage. If you live in in the Columbus and, and, and neighboring county areas, you're very familiar with Buckeye Lake. It's a man-made lake. Uh, it's the site of a lot of homes. Uh, and I'm going to stop there, Director, and let you set the stage. What's the problem at Buckeye Lake? Well, first of all, Buckeye Lake was our very first state park, and so we're very proud of it. But it's about a 3,000-acre lake, like you mentioned, Joe, that's hand-dug, built in the 1830s, and uh, for the Erie Canal. I mean, it was part of the canal system. And uh, over the years, especially in the late 1800s, the state decided to sell the back half of the dam to fishermen and to farmers that wanted to have a cabin or something that was built on stilts and rested on the dam. That was the intent. And that worked out pretty good probably until um, the the mid-1900s when uh, a lot of folks decided let's put in a foundation and a basement and and actually started excavating the back half of the dam. What could possibly go wrong? Well, what what we also have is a dam built by hand in the 1800s that there were no dam safety standards. So it's built basically with horses and ox and and uh, handmade and the compaction and the the requirements of the aggregate and none of that was available then and so we have a a dam that the army corps uh, deemed uh, that it could breach at any time and so with internal erosion a lot of things that could go on uh, we're taking steps right now and uh, we're glad to have the governor's support on this and uh, it's just something that we're going to address and Try to make it better. Well, we're going to talk about it in more detail, but uh, we that was a great description of how we got where we are. But folks in uh, in the Buckeye Lake region and any place else that has a man-made lake with earthen dams, they're going to want to know what's next. So that's where we'll head on Town Hall, Ohio. Nobody else will. 
Welcome back to Town Hall, Ohio. Jim Zeringer, Director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, and Jack Fisher of the Ohio Farm Bureau. So Buckeye Lake, uh, 5,000-acre man-made lake, earthen dam built back in the uh, 3,000 acres. Thank you. Uh, Earthen dam, it's collapsing, uh, having difficulties, uh, threatening life, threatening property. So you had to drain the lake, and of course, the property owners, be they folks that wanted to enjoy the view of the lake or own marinas and and all of the recreation, they're not happy with you for draining that lake, director. That's right, and we're very sensitive to the the businesses, Uh, but our first priority is public safety. And, uh, and Joe, it's not really collapsing, but it has, uh, according to the Army Corps who went out and evaluated, there's a risk of catastrophic failure. Those are their words. And, and so we want to make sure that um, we, we didn't drain it, but we did lower it, that part of the risk reductions. And, and the Army Corps came up with a list. If you do this, 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 this will help the dam. And lowering the water level below where we would see internal seepage was our goal. So we lowered it about half and and it's only about six feet deep to begin with so we had to take you know three or four feet of water off it so that's our number one goal public safety and by the way we we inspect the dams throughout the state of ohio and and we inspect over 1500 dams we own 177 of those and 56 of those are class one which means if they would breach or if they would overtop there could be catastrophic failure and loss of life so what are we doing to fix the problem over there? I know it's going to be costly, and it's going to take a little bit of time. Well, first of all, it's 4.1 miles, and there are 370 homes that sit on the dam itself. And so right now, we've uh, done quite a few things since spring. We've, first of all, got more money in the budget to start preparing for it and staging areas that we can start the actual construction. We expedited the permits. These take permits from the u.s army corps that sometimes takes years to get we got these we got these permits within the weeks uh we worked with the small business association to set up loans to help the community help the uh, businesses on the lake Um, we hired an engineering firm to engineer this gannett fleming we brought in a construction manager and this is a construction manager that has done uh several hundred dams throughout the nation and we've, we come up with a process called soil mixing, which is a process that uh, you actually drill down into the dam and add cement and aggregate with it, and it hardens, and, and you actually build a, like a seepage barrier. So right now, uh, we were out there on Monday and kicked off uh, a thing called a stability berm, which is actually going to be a road out in front of the dam, and it's wide enough for two trucks to get by, about 30 feet wide, we're starting on that right now as we speak. We get the stability berm in, and we'll work on the seepage barrier, at least one row of seepage barrier, and then we hope to have this done early next summer. We're saying June. And then that will allow us, we hope, that our dam engineers will say, you know what, you've done this and you've done this. We can bring the water level back up a little bit. And that's our goal for next year. Now, it's going to take a couple years to finish the dam, but we hope that we can have the uh, enough water in there next summer sometime that the, the lake can be used again. Director, a great example of public-private partnerships in, in, in our community. I hear, heard you say we have 1,500 or so dams in mm-hmm. the state. So what 
what can I, as an Ohioan and other Ohioans who might be living in that area of those dams, what can we do uh, to help you going forward with deferred maintenance and uh, uh, quality dams uh, in the future? Well, this is something that the the the, the governor has been very supportive of. Uh, we have so many dams. $85 million has been spent uh, so far in dam safety in the last four years. And with that many dams, Ohio doesn't have natural lakes. I think there's just a handful. The rest are all man-made. So we're down at Lake White right now working on that dam. Um, uh, and uh, we just finished up a dam over at Houston Woods at Acton Lake. We just finished up Pike Lake. To answer your question, Jack, uh, be supportive. If you own a dam, which a lot of these are privately held, trees and homes are something that you just don't build into dams. They're 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 built for a reason. They're engineered for a reason. And even though you, you always like to be close to water, uh, you just keep that in mind. Well, we are going to uh, wrap up our conversation with Jim Zeringer, director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, in just a couple of moments. Uh, we've hit on Buckeye Lake, Grand Lake, Lake Erie. We've talked about fracking, and we've got some, uh, I guess, uh, things we want to talk about that are not necessarily issues, but opportunities. There are some great recreational and uh, tourism opportunities, and that's what we want to talk about as we continue our conversation with ODNR director Jim Zeringer. We'll be back right after this. I'm There's a lot of outdoors in Ohio to enjoy, and Jim Zeringer, as director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, has uh, a big role in making those resources available for us. Jack Fisher of the Ohio Farm Bureau, we've uh, we've we've hit some of the heavy issue things: uh, water quality and dam maintenance and. Uh, uh, energy exploration, but uh, a big part of what attracts people to Ohio, Jack, is the fact that uh, we've got a lot of natural resource amenities to appreciate and uh, state parks and such, and Farm Bureau members enjoy those kind of places too. They sure do, and Ohio is blessed that uh, in our 88 counties, we have a representation of the whole country. Some You can go someplace in Ohio and experience the rest of the country and uh, we're blessed with a great state park system, an opportunity to have fun, entertain us. Uh, Director, tell us a little bit about the state park system, what's going on, and what we should be planning on here in the future to take advantage of this great asset well, in Ohio. It, it is a great asset. Jack, we have 74 state parks in the state of Ohio, and we're one of only seven states that doesn't charge an admittance fee an entrance fee. So you can go to any of our state parks and hike, uh, horseback ride, play frisbee golf, uh, go on a, a bike path, you name it. Just enjoy the outdoors for absolutely nothing. And you talk about a family uh, value and a, and a good way to uh, you know help family values too. There's no better time to spend with your children at one of our state parks. Uh, we're going through an aggressive campaign right now where we're, uh, we're updating them. And a lot of these parks were built in the 70s when campers were smaller. The electric requirements uh, were were smaller. Uh, They didn't really uh, mind if they didn't have water or sewer right there at their campsites. A lot of that has changed uh, with the camper today. Some of them like primitive camping, but some of them have uh, uh, two big air conditioners and five TVs in their RV. 
And and so that's you, not camping. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we compete with. And, 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 editorial opinion. <laughs> but but Jack, you mentioned uh, the variety of different. We have a, a Hocking Hill State Park, which you you would swear you're in Yellowstone, and it has received so many accolades from uh, being on like a, a bucket list uh, that a website put out, and it was the only place in North America listed in North America listed. And so uh, we have places like Mohegan State Park and Malabar Farm State Park, which was listed as the best place to have an outdoor wedding. Uh, so we have waterfalls. We have uh, uh, act- actually working farms. And you're very familiar with Malabar Farm. I know you uh, were even worked there for a while. Is that correct? <laughs> That's right. And we're very proud of Malabar. But uh, the list goes on and on from up on our islands, up on Lake Erie to the shorelines, to all the way down to Hocking, to East Fork State Park. Uh, was We just had the National Rowing Championships there because we updated the uh, restroom and shower facility. So we're going to continue to promote and, uh, and improve our state parks. And, uh, of course, uh, the state fair is where we like to do things like this and, and really showcase what we yeah, do. Yeah, if you want to get a sample of what's going on, uh, come to the, to the Ohio Department of Natural Resources Park at the State Fair. It's just east of our land and living exhibit that the Ohio Farm Bureau Nationwide put on. But uh, Smokey Bear, the dude buffed up this year, Jim. Did, and, and, and Joe, I'm impressed that you you say Smokey Bear instead of Smokey the Bear, which a lot of us make that mistake and we get corrected quite often. Uh, we're very proud of Smokey and, and being right next to the Ag Hort building. And uh, we, we're actually going to work this year, uh, thanks to a lot of Jack's uh, uh, suggestions on this tying our entrance in to one of your exits that you actually flow right out of uh, uh, the uh, nationwide the Ag Hort building right into ODNR Park. One of the exciting things we're working on this year we're improving our archery, our BB guns, and we always try to come up with something new. But our Division of Forestry, who brought us the new Buff Smoky last year, uh, is also looking at bringing in a fire tower from one of our state forests. And uh, we hope to have that uh, yet done this year. And that will also serve as a protection uh, for Smokey. So right now he's sitting out there in the open. What your park and our Ag and uh, Hort building share is an opportunity for uh, the kids to do some things that are fun uh, and, and not extremely costly. I mean, you can go you can fish and go kayaking in the middle of the state fair and it doesn't cost you anything extra and and come uh, and come have fun at our building too so uh director zeringer thank you so much for your time glad to have you back and i hope you'll rejoin us again thank you joe anytime thanks jack jim zeringer director of the ohio department of natural resources jack fisher ohio farm bureau's executive vice president we all thank you for joining us this week on town hall ohio Town Hall Ohio is a project of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation and is brought to you with the support of Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Join us again next week for Town Hall Ohio.